listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone. Welcome to ESL Talk. We are your hosts, Faye and Daniel. So after touching on the important topic of mental health and well-being last week, we've decided to take another exploration into a new topic today. Yes, we're going to talk about how we can start to build our careers and transition or pivot away from the ESL classroom using skills and experience for different kinds of jobs with teaching and education. Now, today we will be joined by our special guest, Andrew, who has recently decided to move on from teaching ESL to pursue a bachelor's degree and become a teacher in the public system here in Canada. Yeah, it's, it's really important to remember that you know, us as ESL teachers, we wear many hats. So we need to think about how these different roles can help us to take the next step in our teaching career. And what are some other areas where we can diversify our ESL teaching as well? So let's uh, start by talking about some other jobs we have done outside of traditional ESL teaching um, and how these um, complement us or help us with our teaching skills and vice versa. So Faye, what were some jobs that you did before teaching? Uh, while teaching and since becoming a professional teacher? Well, yeah, I've mentioned this before, but uh, I started out as a designer first, a product designer, even worked at a toy factory back in Brazil. I designed puzzles. I designed a board game. Um, That was my first job experience, actually. And then I started teaching and I actually liked that better. But um, while teaching, I also did a little bit of translating, which is similar, but actually requires a very different skill set. Um, we mm. had an episode on that before, right? We on did. interpreting and translating. Then I've just decided to stick with uh, with teaching. But recently, I've had to learn a lot of other skills as well. So, Faye, how did those jobs help you develop as a teacher and, and launch your new career as a result? Well, first of all, I think that the, the my experience with design has always been really helpful for me uh, when designing my own materials or even uh, when thinking of about activities and practical activities, especially because I worked with games and all that. So I always incorporated a lot of games into my classes. And I still use that a lot now uh, for my Instagram, for instance. I I do all of my post designs and uh, I do our our Instagram posts as well. And that has really helped me become independent in that sense, um, really create my own materials and and designs. Yeah, that's mostly what has been helpful for me, I believe. And for my new career, I ended up having to 
uh, learn how to edit video and, you know, take a few classes online for um, like After Effects and things like that. Now, I know you also got a degree in a different field before going into ESL, right? Yeah, that's right, Faye. So initially, I did want to actually teach PE in sports. Um, that was the initial goal for me. But um, after a few years, I kind of decided that I enjoyed teaching English more. And I was always good at English um, when I was in school. So I felt that that would be a better, a better path to kind of go down. And then from that, it wasn't just kind of teaching English um, in the classroom. Obviously, it then transitioned to teaching online, teaching at the university level, um, writing books, doing academic writing, doing mm -hmm. language assessment, uh, lots and lots of different hats as well. So even though the field itself wasn't quite related to ESL, it did end up becoming that and, and branched off in lots of different ways as a result. And have you ever thought about how you will use your skills and experience gained so far to help you in your future teaching and education career? Yeah, I'm constantly, like you said, putting new things together. So I'm designing a lot of curriculum and kind of mm -hmm. making my own curriculums, which I, which I kind of deliver online. Um, I'm constantly making materials and content for my students in my university um, jobs and also um, in my online teaching jobs. Um, as well, I enjoy writing. I wrote a few books last year. So that's obviously combining all the skills that I've put together over the last few years. Um, and then in the future, I'm hoping to kind of do more things independently, um, mm -hmm. maybe kind of work more um, on my own terms, if that makes sense. But we'll see, um, mm -hmm. because I really do love what I do at the moment. Um, and then on top of that, perhaps in the future, maybe helping people who want to move to new countries who need help from a legal aspect as well as from a language aspect. If I can mm -hmm. combine those, that would be amazing. But again, that is, that is something maybe for the future, but we will see. Mm -hmm. um, but everything I've done so far, all the jobs that I've done have really helped me and they've all complemented or benefited each other um, in some ways. Right. It seems so, like, none of, like there's no experience that's just lost, right? It all exactly. Kind of adds on to what you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So for you, how did you develop yourself professionally? And why did you feel it was necessary to kind of keep developing? Yeah, um, as we mentioned before, like both of us uh, had to get more certified, right? Because we both mm -hmm. kind of started without much in terms of um, technical training or even theoretical training and teaching. So I did feel that need of getting the certificate and then the diploma and then my master's, which wasn't necessary, but I just really felt like um, I was really interested in the in the field. I really wanted to study more about language acquisition and linguistics and all that and just made me feel more confident as a mm -hmm. professional. Now, more recently, as I mentioned, um, I've been trying to develop my other skills to help me be a self-employed online teacher, right? Mm -hmm. So like I mentioned, doing um, online courses on video editing. I did a couple of courses on social media, even marketing for social media um, and joining different teacher groups online and different courses for teachers um, just to keep up or stay up to date on all these changes that are happening now, you know, with, uh, yeah. with our market and the field. I feel like there's just so much that's opened up to us. Mm -hmm. And it can be a bit overwhelming. Yeah. These last couple of years, I think I've, I've seen it now kind of as we're coming out of, of the COVID um, pandemic is that some teachers have kind of stood still and just kind of mm -hmm. stagnated in some ways. But mm -hmm. a lot of teachers have really embraced this time and they've used yeah. it to learn more skills, improve their, their knowledge and their understanding and educate themselves more in some ways. And 
I think it's always great to try to learn more because the more you know, the more you grow, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. And uh, why do you think it's important for us to have these different options and alternatives outside of simply ESL teaching? Mm -hmm. I've talked about this a hundred times, but I, I think it's always worth repeating. You know, when it comes to working in a, in a traditional, you know, brick and mortar setting in a school or a language language college or whatever the setting might be, there's no guarantee that that's always going to be there. It might be there in the short term or the medium term, but we just don't know what's going to happen as we found right. out a couple of years ago. Um, you know, places where we've worked, Faye no longer exist, uh, mm-hmm. or the programs no longer exist. Yeah. Um, so it's always wise and prudent to at least have two or three things that you can do and that you can fall back on. Mm-hmm. Not as kind of things that you feel like, oh, it's it's there if I have to do it. Mm-hmm. More finding what you enjoy, what you like, mm-hmm. what you're passionate about and following that. Um, so again, you know, obviously my example will be different to a lot of others. But for me, it's kind of, you know, a couple of university classes, which are, you know, a couple of days a week, a couple of days of online teaching with my own students, um, yeah. one day of language assessment, maybe one day of proofreading or mm-hmm. writing. Um, and then that way, instead of having to worry and really panic if, if maybe one job or one opportunity doesn't work out, there's three or four other things there that I can develop and, and grow and expand if I need to in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's very really wise. Valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think we all need to start thinking this way. And I think subconsciously, a lot of us are doing it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because we just don't know what's around the corner. So at least if things are in our own hands, and we can control those things, then that will definitely help with our anxiety, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for you, Faye, and from what you've experienced um, in your circles, what are some sorry, what are some other jobs traditional ESL teachers can do to boost their income? Yeah, so as you mentioned a few of them, but I think uh, some easy things to do, um, not easy, but things that are more accessible for, for people to start doing are maybe um, like exam, like assessment, you know, mm-hmm. um, you don't have to be an IELTS examiner per se, but there are lots of uh, opportunities to assess exams for different institutions. And nowadays you can do it all online. So it's something you can do from home. Um, I think that that's something that is really interesting to do and something that is, it takes a little bit of effort to get into all of the exam criteria you need to learn. um, Just that learning curve might be a little bit steep at the beginning, but it is something that you can easily learn to do if you are an experienced teacher, at least. Um, Another thing, as you mentioned, like proofreading and editing, I've been approached by a few people for that as well, um, just for university um, students and things like that. And also um, tutoring, I think, is something that's really easy to do because traditional mm-hmm. ESL teaching, like you said, just going to a school or your institution is what most of us end up doing when we begin. But um, it's very common for your students to want to keep studying with you individually. Try not to always say no to that. I, I've, been, I've done that in the past because I've never been a huge fan of uh, tutoring. I prefer the classroom interaction setting, but it's, it's a good way to just build that bond with a student that you already know and have that extra source of income and you know, just fall back on that if needed. So, and you build kind of your client base that way. And what else, yeah. what, would you, what, what would you add to that? I think, yep. Tutoring either at a, in a local um, setting or online is a really great mm-hmm. thing you can do. Um, like you said, proofreading or editing, helping people with their resumes or their applications mm-hmm. or their essays, even as long as it's done in a professional and ethical way, I think that's a really useful thing. Um, a lot of jobs now that exist online are for transcription. So if you if you're really good at mm. another language other than English, then you can 
use that and put that to work for transcribing videos. I know that's oh, that's yeah. quite a popular thing to do. Um, there's also websites like Fiverr um, and Upwork where you can maybe um, advertise some other skills that you might have in other areas. Or, mm-hmm. for example, if you're really skilled at writing or you're really skilled at graphic design or creating things, then that can mm-hmm. be really useful. Um, developing curriculum, if that's something you enjoy, you know, developing lessons and materials. Um, there's a lot of places to to sell that as well and to, yeah. you know, use that for good. Um and I think one more thing, like you mentioned, is language assessment. And like you said, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the IELTS. Um, it can be um, different conversational exams or writing exams or things like that. So there's lots mm-hmm. and lots of opportunities provided you. You look in the right places and you put in a little bit of groundwork. Wow, we've really um, opened up this discussion. And there's so many more options beyond simply teaching ESL in a traditional setting. Well, let's now hear from Andrew, who has also started to transition from ESL teaching into new and exciting areas of education. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, Andrew. Welcome to ESL Talk. Uh, Hi, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here. And I'm sure our listeners are very interested to hear about your journey and how they can develop themselves professionally in terms of their teaching career in general. So, Andrew, can you start off by sharing a little with us about your teaching journey so far? So I've been a teacher in uh, the ESL world for ELL or EAL, whichever you prefer, uh, for about 16 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I started in 2005, I guess. Um, 
my goal was always to be a, a teacher or educator of some sort. Um, after university, I was kind of sick of going to post-secondary for a bit. Mm -hmm. So, but I wanted to be a teacher. So I, I got my qualification and then that sort of led me uh, down, down into, in, in, or not down, into this career. Um, I've taught in Canada. I've taught in over, I've taught overseas, um, and most of my experience has been with uh, private schools, almost exclusively mm -hmm. with with private schools. Um, and mostly adults, or you taught children. I've taught adults and children. Mm -hmm. I've taught age range goes from about three to about sixty five. Wow, <laughs> nice. Most, mostly and... smaller classes. Mm -hmm. And what first appealed you to to go to ESL teaching, particularly? Um, like I said, my goal was always to be a teacher. I wanted to uh, help people mm -hmm. to achieve whatever goals they happen to have, and that's sort of what what being a teacher is all about. Um, my original thought was to become an elementary school teacher, but because I just decided to put off. Uh, that part that the training that was necessary for that. And I got it, I got into ESL mm -hmm. uh, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I really enjoyed teaching ESL. Uh, my, my academic background is in history, mm. but I'm a big English language nerd now, uh, <laughs> which developed over the 16 years. So I, <laughs> I'm very, I'm very interested in sort of the, the bits and pieces of English. And it's a lot of fun to do that. Mm -hmm. That's very true. I guess most of us turn out that way. Um, and when did you first realize that this this like private ESL school career path was not sustainable in the long term for you? I mean, not sustainable in what way? Well, uh, it, yeah, made you think that this was maybe not not a long term plan for you anymore. So, in terms of um, there's there's a lot of things that were going on on there. Um, let's clear the dirty financial stuff out of the way. <laughs> um, you are, it's a very precarious position to be mm -hmm. in a private ESL school here in Canada. And I would assume uh, in, in any, any uh, native speaker English country, because despite the fact that I think we are, you know, trained professionals who have a very specific skill set. English is, hey, anyone can do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're very replaceable. Now, that's mm -hmm. not true, but that's, I think, how we're often viewed. Yeah, there does seem to be that attitude, which isn't the case, because obviously we do need qualifications and we need mm -hmm. to have a significant amount of experience to do this. So it is quite interesting um, why that kind of belief exists. But Andrew, what do you think are the main issues with the current ESL industry that, that might drive others to do as you did and maybe transition or branch out from this field? Well, I, like I said, I, we can talk about the dirty financial aspect of it first. But for me, it was actually something that was much more uh, important or, or significant. Um, it was because I've mostly worked in the private system and this is my take and and if if you know other people have different experiences obviously than i i might have but i basically view the 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 ownership of private esl schools on a sliding scale of cynicism 
<laughs> from we want to make some money, but we still care about our students at, at the very nice extreme and to students are just a dollar sign to us and we don't care. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, and I think, you know, we can all agree that we got into this because we genuinely care about people and we want yeah. to help them. And that makes us exploitable. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's a good point. Right? You know, mm-hmm. so uh, when, once, when your boss gets the owner of your school, the management, whatever, get to the point where where students are just walking ATMs, <laughs> they will do whatever they can to save money. And that often comes at the expense of students and the expense of teachers. Yeah. And it was really emotionally and mentally wearing for me to the point mm-hmm. where I love teaching, but I hated going into work every day. Right. Yeah. So I had to get out. Yeah. That's and true. it's so true that that's something that, um, I mean, I hadn't thought of before, but it's it's a huge dichotomy there because, like as you said, none of us really get into teaching to become rich. We know that teachers are not among the top, um, you know, high earners, <laughs> those professions, but we do it because we love what we do. And in general, the private industry just needs to make money. So, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah like, I've, wor- I've worked work. for a number of different private companies and, you know, some have definitely been more interested in student fulfillment and student growth than others mm-hmm. and those are those are ones that are nicer to work for but you know daniel you asked about um issues that are driving people out of esl it's hard times out there right it is covid19 is that's what i was gonna ask you yeah do you think think that sped up your the decision making process for you because i know it probably has for a lot of others yeah two two points there one the more desperate a school gets and covid19 has made most schools desperate the more likely they are to move towards that extremely cynical way of viewing things Mm -hmm. and two covid for me was just a great opportunity to get out of a situation that i wasn't particularly happy in you know I think every cloud has a silver lining and, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but I know that this time's actually been great for me to reflect Mm -hmm. and organize and kind of refocus my energies in different places. So, yeah. And same, same here. It's just kind of given me that push to finally do what I've been meaning to do before. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. So I, I got off, uh, got off my duff and uh, applied for the B.Ed. once I, once I engineered my uh, dismissal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wonderful so, so now your your path no so what is their plan now can you right. tell our listeners what you're okay. doing so currently i am enrolled in the bachelor of education degree uh at uh university of british columbia uh which is something i had meant to do 16 years ago but just now i'm getting around to so there you go um and that will make me able to teach in the public sector uh, here in British Columbia. And it'll give me a lot, a lot more options if I choose to go elsewhere. Um, so that's really good. Um, I know that y- when, when you asked me to be on this, the title was about leaving ESL. And I kind of want to hang a question mark on that, which maybe we can get to later. Mm-hmm. Am I actually leaving ESL? Yeah. Well, yeah. We've discussed, like, does anyone ever? <laughs> yeah, we've discussed more about branching out, diversifying, maybe not 
leaving, but just kind of expanding our range of what we can do. Yeah. Well, I mean, and part of part of what I've been learning uh, has been that the um, the sort of things that we do in ESL can be universalized mm-hmm. and help um, non ESL learners. I mean, I'm going to become a secondary school teacher, and reading levels vary from, you know at grade or higher to below grade for native speakers, as well as for uh, non-native speakers. And so the same ideas that we employ in the ESL field can can be employed, you know, for anyone and uh, Mm -hmm. be pretty valuable. And that's been uh, a lot of fun to to sort of work with and, and think about. It's quite interesting you mentioned that, Andrew, because I, I went through the same process. I taught in South Korea for four years, and then I came back to the UK and did my my teaching license, kind of my um, my teaching certification. And it was quite interesting making that transition and that jump, kind of kind of in reverse in a way, which was a little bit strange. Um, but for you, Andrew, how do you think studying and, and completing this BED? How do you think it'll make you a better teacher, and and in what ways will it maybe develop some of your skills? One of the things that I've always been concerned about as far as my own professional development goes, is that I have a, a, a pretty decent amount of experience in the classroom. But uh, my my theory is pretty light. Mm-hmm. And so adding to my 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 knowledge of of theory can help my my practice in the classroom, sharpen sharpen my ability to design and implement lessons to, understanding by design and universally designed learning and things like that in a much more effective way. Um, and I think I've already been, been experiencing that in, in some of the, the work that we've been doing in classes and uh, my own experience in the practicums that we've been doing as well. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And, and in terms of your teaching, ESL teaching experience, you already mentioned this a little bit, but what specific aspects do you believe will help you as you transition into this different type of teaching? So the other day we were doing um, a workshop uh, specifically designed to help ESL learners in our social studies classroom. Social studies is the program that I'm, or the, the cohort that I'm in. And um, one of the things that they showed us was a Freyer model, um, which is a way of organizing vocabulary that's used uh, in some ESL classrooms. And we were immediately seeing that and saying, well, okay, that could be used uh, to organize uh, concepts in social studies for ESL and uh, um, non-ESL learners. Um, We were looking at uh, certain reading techniques and how they could be used to help um, ESL and non-ESL learners, uh, you know, parse through primary documents or secondary documents, things like that. So, no, it makes sense. I mean, I think your experience, that's a very specific example of something that if you don't have experience actually using that, then Mm. it can be become more abstract too, right? 
Yeah. You know, it's yeah. more, more tools for the toolbox and the more tools exactly. you have, the more you can kind of pick them out when you need them and as you need them. So um, Andrew, would you encourage all ESL teachers to upskill and develop themselves professionally? Teachers uh, are constantly um, reflecting on their own practice and, you know, trying to refine it. But uh, there's only so much I think that you can do on your own and, and engaging in professional development and, uh, uh, you know, retraining in different careers or different career paths in, in education, definitely valuable. Um, I, I, I would say that there have been some really, really valuable uh, courses and really, really valuable things that I've learned in this program. I, you know, having been a teacher for 16 years, I can definitely say that I'm probably a better teacher now uh, that I've taken these courses than I was, you know, mm -hmm. a year ago. All of these new new techniques and skills and tools and whatnot, they require practice. And I certainly need to get more, more comfortable working with them. But still, I think mm -hmm. it, it'll make me a better teacher. Awesome. If you could give one piece of advice to maybe, you know, teachers who are just starting or maybe they've recently started teaching ESL, either online or in a face-to-face -face scenario, what advice would you give them? What would you share with them? For teaching, I think, it, it, I think what you just said about, um, about adding tools to the toolkit to about um, upskilling, constantly do that. Always be, always be um, seeking out those opportunities. Um, there were a, a number of times uh, in my own uh, career when I had the opportunity to go to professional development workshops and I always, I always weighed them and I thought, no, I, I, I'm going to be away from my students. And I, I usually turned them down because I didn't want to leave my students. And I think that that was probably not the best decision. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, I was teaching a really specific program and it was a really difficult for me to find substitutes at the time. So I felt very attached to that program, but I don't think that was the right decision regardless. Um, as far as for your career goes, um, if you are working in the private system, uh, figure out what the baseline for your school is and watch your management see when they're, where they're trying to chip away at that baseline. Um, and that's where you can, you can resist most easily and, mm -hmm. and, you know, keep your, you know, your students protected, keep yourself protected and, and, you know, uh, reach out to your colleagues as well. Mm -hmm. Great advice. Yeah. A good point. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, that was great. Thank you so much, Andrew, for taking the time to join us today. And thank you for sharing your, your journey and uh, best of luck in your future um, career. I hope it all goes well. Thanks. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure being here. Andrew, thanks so much for taking the time to share your development in your teaching career with us. Yeah, it's really important for the teachers to see that we have multiple options and ways to develop ourselves, um, both in terms of, of educating ourselves and professional development. And as always, we love to hear your feedback. You can get in touch with us on Instagram at ESL Talk Podcast, or you can send us an email to eslTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can join us individually on Instagram at I'm Daniel Teacher or, or at Learning with Faye. And we'll see you next week for another new episode of ESL Talk. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.